Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I am your host for Evening Mike, and normally I fuck up towards the end of that, not right away at the beginning. With me, as always, to comment on it is Ryan. I've got this thing where when I go to sing at you know karaoke or uh, my always-sold-out concerts, I'm never sure what my singing voice is going to sound like when uh-huh. I start. You have that with speaking. Like, you don't know what the fuck voice is going to come out. I'm just like, good morning. Oh, fuck. That's who I am today. That's just who I am this week. Good. I also karaoke a time or two. <laughs> and that was uh, Fallout Boy? That was the Fallout Boy. Yes, good. I think Patrick Stump also doesn't know what his voice is going to sound like. And it's always that. And that's why he's always like, looks delighted. Because it's a fucking angel. You th- he is the Freddie Mercury of our time. Dude, yes. The Hells Fallout yes. Boy guy. We're going to get such a shitty movie about Patrick Stump one day. Oh, Patrick Stump. Yeah. You said Patrick Stump's all. Patrick Stump's all. Okay, I thought you said Patrick Stump Balls. Lord of Stumptown. I thought his name was Patty Stump Balls. Patty Stump Balls? Uh-huh. Oh, no, Patty Stump Balls. He lived down the block from me growing up on the East Coast. Mike. Ryan. This, I've got this thing that's bugging me, and I need to talk to you about it. Um, the other day, you and I discovered... This video of a reporter, <laughs> yes, smashing grapes. I'll get through this, and uh, then falling out of the grape she was smashing, and then making some odd sounds. She smashing grapes like an old Italian woman, uh-huh. in the wooden bucket with her bare toes. Right, because uh, that's how you made wine. That's how yes. you made dirty toe foot wine. Toe foot wine. And um, we found it, and we thought it was delightful, and then we showed our other friends, like, and got screamed at. Hosts of the other two pot filter shows, um, and. They couldn't believe it. They both declared it to be the first video of the internet. Uh-huh. Are we dumb? Like, what should we have done? We fought them. Should we have done that? Yeah, oh, for sure. Spit in their face more. Uh, I, I love the way that we pushed them both in such a way where they fell over and made those noises. It's, it's, I don't get, and they're not alone in this. Uh, my wife has done it to me about a different internet video. Your wife has done it about this same video. Uh, I feel like because everybody grows up on the internet young, when this kind of thing happens, you just revert to how you were at 13, which is only a piece of shit. Because what they should have done is like, oh, my friends are now finding delight in this, this thing. This is going to be so cool for them. Now they're going to have like the fun that we had. If this is the internet's first video, none of these motherfuckers have thought about it in years. So they are re-delighting because they were also laughing at it. So just if somebody's delighted by something and says, look at this and go, yeah, I've known about it forever. What the? Why are you stealing joy from the world? What they should do, if you're going to be that kind of person, be that kind of person, but then go fight with each other about who saw it first. Oh, yeah. And then just let us enjoy the lady just getting on a really injured. And it's a lie. Everybody knows the internet's first video was the G.I. Joe pork chop sandwiches. That was the internet's first video. Also my first meal. They t- <laughs> the way that they talk about the internet is the way that like uh, people older than us talk about TV. Uh-huh. Like how they only had three channels. They were like, we only had these three internet videos. Back then we had E-Bombs World, but it only had the three videos. We had Lady and Grapes. We had... Uh, Shiz. We had hamsters and we had shoes. Dancing hamsters. And we liked it. We listened to a barefoot in the snow. Was there a time where you could conquer the internet in like a weekend? Yes. I think you still can, but now it's only if you do something fucked up. <laughs> Back then it was hashtag hamsters, and now... What do those hamsters do? What do those hamsters fucking do to who? Hashtag hamsters, be by the way. Be by We support. We always support. From be to the Kia Soul hamsters. But you know what? I like them when they were fluffy. They didn't need to get trim. The internet's a weird place. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's made it so you're now defending hamsters' looks. Any, anytime somebody's like, why are you the way you are? I don't know, mom, because the internet raised me more than you did. That's the why I am the way I am. Every generation after this will be like that Mm -hmm. because of the internet. That's the Donald Glover album. It's what it's about. And it's better, Mm. I think, because it can't be worse because it's different than the baby boomers. And so nothing can be worse. The friend of my friend's enemy is my frenemy. See an enemy. Just frenemies? Yeah. Is that coming out soon in the Just Friends of Verse? Oh, I want to hear something fucked up. I would love to. When we were kids, two movies came out. When we were kids? In the same day. No Strings Attached Mm -hmm. and Friends with Benefits. Yes. The Dante's Peak volcano of our generation. It really was, and we had to. We were forced to like pick one. Yeah, and it was like a whole civil war. A boy from one of them married a girl 
from the other one. No. Yes. That's not allowed. Did so, their families kill each other? They did, yeah. That's how Romeo, Romeo and Juliet ended, right? Yes. No family, just them standing there going, fuck. That's the dream. Oh, that's the dream. You don't have to deal with your in-laws or your laws. The best kind of what? the most productive kind of wedding would be to invite everyone into the building and then walk away oh, oh, and explode the building. building and do it real cool, not flinching style. Should we drive to Vegas right now and put money yes. on oh. the other two? And do what? Put money on the other two. Justin Timberlake and Natalie Portman oh, will get married very soon. not surprise me at all. Him and Jessica Biel have to be done, right? I, I, I would think so, yeah. They both could do better. No. Well, was she, she was like a... She came out of something recently. Seventh Heaven. Oh, no, An- what? Anti-vaxxer or... Oh, a big dumb dumb dumber? She said... It was like uh, breastfeeding, maybe. People should be She's breastfed until they die. <laughs> oh, mm. by her? By her. Mm. Uh, Ryan, we need to talk about the OC. Sure. Tonight on the OC, after hearing about Lindsay and Ryan's failed attempt at dinner with Caleb the night before, Kirsten arranges a dinner that she can supervise. But her presence makes no difference when the hot-tempered Ryan, not his fault, and the egotistical Caleb, totally his fault, immediately butt heads, and disaster strikes when Caleb collapses from a sudden heart attack. Meanwhile, Sandy keeps Rebecca's presence in Newport, a secret from Kirsten, after deciding to take her case to court. Marissa and Alex's relationship intensifies, while Seth and Summer spend a lot of time together at Zach's creepy insistence. All that and more on tonight's The OCD. Ryan. Michael. Let's set the scene for episode 211 of The OC. It's breakfast time. You know what that means. Morning. It is morning. It is. Does literally every episode of the show start in the morning? I think so. And even though it can take place in a couple of days, it always ends at night? Yeah. Well, they can't do it at lunch because the Cohen family has a very important breakfast time and mm-hmm. dinner time. But at lunch, they get like, they're, they're quiet and sullen. Fend for yourselves, you savages. Yeah. So is this, because often, always... Breakfast time is the four of them meet in the kitchen together to talk about adventures. Like, uh, what do you guys have planned for like mm-hmm. the, the next 44 to 45 minutes, depending on commercials? That's just what my parents used to say. Uh, and then we'd watch the commercials in silence. This one, so is this throwing us through a loop? Because everything is askew. Ryan is at the breakfast table before anybody wakes up studying. Which S- blows everyone's mind. And they won't let him study because they won't shut the fuck up. They just keep talking about how he's studying. Seth is, apparently then, if it's this early, it's six in the morning, and is on his way to wake up his brother to talk about girls. I would murder my brother. Are you kidding me right now? This is the time where I jerk off to girls. <laughs> it's not 6 talk a. about girls. Everybody knows you're just revving to go at 6 a.m. But yeah, I mean, it's the, it's a double thing. They want to uh, both point out that how crazy it is that mm-hmm. he's up this early, and also make sure that he isn't studying. Yeah, I, I do think... While people like Julian Cow will make fun of Ryan and say he's dumb and doesn't belong here, it feels like this is that subtle kind of stuff. Racism isn't only burning crosses and lynchings. There's subtle stuff going here to keep Ryan down. It's not racism. This is a metaphor. It's not nearly as bad. That's why Ryan has to do the opposite thing of hiding the book in the book. He has to, instead of putting the Playboy uh, in front of the textbook. It's in front of Yeah, he has to like put his... like. Guide little boy's guide to slingshotting uh-huh. in front of the textbook. So everybody's like, oh, Ryan's just being Ryan. <laughs> He's just learning how to slingshot better. <laughs> how to do burpees up a tree. Uh, so Seth is trying to say, Ryan's like, oh, you look morose. Is it because of Alex? And Seth's like, no, I'm done with Alex. I'm done with the hottest person literally anybody's ever seen on Earth. Jason fucking Sudeikis. Uh, it's about Summer and Zach. And it does feel like Seth is just spinning his wheels. The beginning of this episode. Well, I mean, Ryan nails him immediately. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, we are on, on like, a couple-episode run where Seth has been a pretty cool, thoughtful guy. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's no one to manipulate or fuck with or make himself feel better about just by, like, ruining their lives. And so Ryan nails it and says, like, oh, yeah, I think that you're over everyone and you don't have anything to spend your drama dollars on. And you just have so many drama dollars yeah. and you want to spend them. You're complaining about having nothing to complain about. That's so fucking high school. Everybody's happy. Life has told me nobody should just be happy. How do I ruin some shit? And Ryan says it just so he can get back to studying. But after he says it, he's like, oh, fuck. That's totally true, he dude. writes it in his other book in a book. Ryan's special thoughts. <laughs> about slingshotting. And then, so Seth is like, you're right. I guess I'll go to bed or jerk off because it's early in the morning. That's what we do. 
and Sandy sneaks in like a teenager coming in hours after curfew. It's 6 a.m. He's going to pretend he was there all night, apparently. And Seth is Seth is just like, I see you, old man. I don't know what crazy shenanigans you were getting up to. He's got the classic sneaking clothes. Half the shirt is tucked in, the other half is not. Walk like of shame. Branches and leaves in his hair for some reason. <laughs> what did you do? I turned into a dog. That's the first thought. I, if my dad came in like that, I'd be like, "Werewolf." <laughs> I think I have a werewolf dad, which is a sitcom I would watch on TJ. And if it was my dad, uh, he would then say, "Oh, werewolf." Werewolf, werewolf. Uh, we see uh, Ryan set down the carton of milk, and Sandy's picture is on it. Mm-hmm. That's how long he's been gone—a whole nine hours. <laughs> Sandy continues to sneak upstairs. Kirsten is in the shower, and Sandy starts to take off his clothes, like. I'll be in bed, and she'll be like, "Oh, I guess he was in bed all night." What the? What is his plan here? I'm not sure. I don't think he knows. I think he is throwing away decades of trust <laughs> on this one moment. And yeah, if he was just like, "I was out all late with Max. He's dying. We we tied one on." She'd be like, "Okay, that's fine." But yeah, it really does feel like he's not, he's taking off his clothes, putting pillows where he should be. Like it's uh-huh. all kinds of dumb shenanigans. Instead, he says, "Oh, I was Rebecca with Rebecca, and we Rebecca to Rebecca to Rebecca to Rebecca." What? She's dead, and then they both cry. Uh, Kirsten's just like, "I was worried about you." They have cell phones because mm. they've used them on this. They use cell phones more on this show than shows that come out now because mm. shows are now like it's boring. You don't do that for drama. But in 2004, people were like, "Oh shit, cell phones." Well. Us in Southern California get stuff like decades before anybody else did. That's true. Like that's we zipline from place to place everywhere we go. Oh, Other people don't in have ten that years. Yet. It's going to be huge for you kids. You don't even know. You're going to say we so many times. Uh, Kirsten is just understanding and is so sad for Max, and she's like losing his daughter while he's dying. Nothing can be more tragic. And Sandy's just like, uh huh. Yeah, <clears throat> I can't <clears throat> believe that he had to clearly watch his daughter clearly die and his daughter was like i'm dying and then uh her eyes became x's and she just laid there on the ground and then max had to watch her uh soul float into the air and then other angels punch her soul while it was floating and it flew down to hell i can't believe all that happened uh and then while he's doing this asinine circular bullshit rebecca calls him and is like hey we're I'm Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. We're calling. We're going to meet up about my case because I'm not dead. Uh, can I buy you a coffee? And he just talks in the codiest of codes. Yeah. Hey, cool. That's, I, yeah, I got it. I saw the facts 9 a.m. Yes. No. Make it so. <laughs> Maybe so. Because <laughs> she asked, Do you like me? And here's a note. Can you please <laughs> fill the box <laughs> in? The whole time she's like, Hey, am I on speakerphone? Put me on speakerphone. Get your whole family here. No. Uh, so Kirsten's like, That was weird. Walks downstairs. And interrupts Ryan studying. To say, and Kirsten, you do not know what a dumb bitch you sound like right now. To say, hey, Ryan, whatever's going on with you and Lindsay, you'll totally be able to fix it. It'll be fine. Whatever it is, flowers or candy or blah, blah. Yeah. There's no problem in a relationship. I mean, I have a perfect one and nothing's going on with mine. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing that can't be fixed with like uh, very inexpensive, shitty gifts. What I love uh, is Ryan, and it does feel like we don't get enough of Ryan and Kiki moments, but it does feel like... This is the one person who'd respond to instantly like this. Is he's like, well, thanks for the vote of confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the perfect snappy jet. Like, and nobody stops to talk about. It. Ryan made a joke the way Seth would. It's just ah, oh, I love them together. I yeah, and I do love the fact that uh, it was a little bit of an insult from Kirsten to Ryan, uh-huh. uh, but he didn't immediately stand up and go to punch her so she has right. a heart attack. Like he just <laughs> rolled with it. Uh, and there, so that he tells her what happened at the cow dinner. And then she's just like, my dad's the fucking worst, right? And then for not the first time, nope, the first of, but definitely not the last time of this episode, Ryan comes with this convoluted, you know what? No, you're right. We should try to make her talk to Cal again. Everybody needs a dad. Even Luke Skywalker was glad he had a dad when he found out he was Darth Vader. Because, I mean, you remember that scene where he's like, you know what, man? It's been a rough road between us, dad, Darth Vader, dad Vader, but we love each other now. And then they go have a catch. They just go have a catch. They go play space catch. Okay, Sonny. Dad Vader just Hold on. Was that your Darth Vader? (laughs) No, that was my Invader Zerg playing catch with uh, Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 2. I see. Okay. Uh, It mostly sounded like Shaggy, (laughs) not Scooby-Doo Shaggy. 
uh, she caught me in the shower. It wasn't me, Shaggy. <laughs> that's the one. That's his full name. Is that the song about, that's the cat in, cats in the cradle of our generation, where his dad catches him in the shower? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. I would never shower, Dad. Uh, and Kirsten demands, no, you know what? Fuck it. Tonight, we will have dinner here so I can supervise. Food will be eaten. Tears will be shed. And they're both like, let's make that happen. The last setting of the table that we need to set. So I would call this the shrimp fork. Okay. That's the put thing you put down last, uh-huh. I'm assuming. Uh, Alex and Marissa woke up hungover on a Tuesday morning. I thought you were going to say hot. <laughs> woke up hot. Uh, hungover on a Tuesday morning. Uh, just talking, being like, isn't it weird we're hanging out so much? And Alex is like, I, I kind of miss Seth. Like, tell him to say hi. And it feels very innocuous and like, that little silly bitch. <laughs> like, they have the classic high school getting drunk conversation of like, dude, we got so fucked up last night. I had 12 beers. Here's the exact amount of ounces of alcohol. <laughs> I saved all of the bottle caps that of the beers you that I drank. You home in the face of your person. I only had 11 beers, but they weren't lights. So, like, because so, they were full beers, and then, like, that's probably more than yours. Next time we probably play Pong. Y'all want to play Pong? We caught a Beirut where I was from. I had nine beers, but I also had four M&Ms dipped in uh, vodka. So, that's, like, that's, what, 12 more beers? I sniffed an Everclear, so. Album? <laughs> yep. Y'all know what it's like. Uh, Marissa raises some eyebrows when Alex is like, hey, tell Seth. To be fair, though, Alex's eyebrows are permanently painted raised. But that's how she... Alex's are, but Marissa's eyebrows gets raised. She gets a little... You can see just a jealous storm flash across her face. Uh She is worried Alex might go back for Seth. And then goes, I'm going to take a shower. Do you have a shirt? And Alex looks the most Seth-like she has ever looked at, staring at Marissa's naked back. Her eyes get big and pop out of her head. <laughs> and then her Jaw tongue hits the ground. turns tongue. into a red carpet. <laughs> she farts diarrhea everywhere. <laughs> How do you fall in love? Uh, and that is the way the show starts. It is cool, though, that Marissa showers in the same way that we do. Where we'll tell each other that uh, we'll tell the other one that we're gonna go take a shower and start stripping immediately. Like <laughs> Just, it's not a good shower unless there's a trail. Of trail goes, people. Well, if I die, people need to know where to find my corpse. Uh, the problem is I only dress in breadcrumbs, and that's how the witches find me. <laughs> <laughs> We've both <laughs> lived with our significant others for years. Uh, I still. Go into the shower area, fully clothed, with my change of clothes, <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> and then change wet. Oh yeah, into my new clothes and I, start the day. The way I live my life in this marriage is, I, I I'm pretty convinced that like she's a fappening photographer, <laughs> and I like I will shut and lock four bathroom doors. Can I be honest with you, Diane? Uh-huh. Uh, I get you don't always shut the door. She is a fappening. <laughs> she I get them. I I've had so many fappening incidents sent to me from your wife's phone. All right, we're going to take a break, regret everything, count more beers, and then when we come back, who do you want to dive into? Who do you want to dig into first? Um, let's, let's, I think that the, uh, the reason for the season is Ryan and Lindsay and... Kirsten and Cal. Yeah, Kirsten and Cal. The big shebang, as they call it, when we come back. Ryan, so now that Ryan and Kirsten have concocted the perfect plan for So this dinner. is just how you talk now? <laughs> Only for names, so people know what a name is. Y'all gonna know what a name is. That's what I, I always say, capital K Kirsten, so they know it's a proper noun. Am I too familiar? I almost only call her Kiki. Yeah, me too. Which is, the only person that calls her that is Cal? her dad that wants to fuck her. Oh no. People do reveal themselves without meaning to. Ryan, Ryan and Kiki have concocted the perfect dinner. Uh, fucking over both Cal and Lindsay and not having them have a good night. But it's up to Ryan to tell Lindsay about the plan. And he finds her at school and babbles that Luke Skywalker Darth Vader shit at her immediately. Yet again. Yet again. So uh, it, it's important to note, though, that like it didn't necessarily land with Kirsten. Kirsten wasn't like, fucking... She nodded. Good call, dude. That blows me away. And then also, like Lindsay points out, has Ryan ever seen Star Wars? No, I don't think so. Because uh, what I remember is Luke, I am your father. A fan is in front of Vader's face. And Luke going, no! Like he's some sort of bear from Annihilation. Which is what Lindsay should have done in the first place. <laughs> I think she sort of did in the Thanksgiving episode. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She just screamed no as long as commercial breaks would let her. And then she ran away and Caleb grabbed a knife and he was like, I'm going to cut her hand off. 
fuck this shit. <laughs> and they all just quote Star Wars that way. Uh, so that's what Ryan and Lindsay's doing, and Lindsay's like, nope, not into it, not going to happen. The OC is known for, to us, to nobody else, nobody else cares, but to us as um, pretty good or clever or always trying too hard in their um, cuts from one scene uh-huh. to the next. This one bothered me because Ryan and Lindsay, uh, like, Lindsay's like, well, yeah, I guess that, you know, it is my family, your family, our family. Oh, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts directly to Caleb. Kirsten walks into Caleb's office, and Caleb's like, damn, Kiki. <laughs> what are you hey, wearing? Hey, girl, how you living? I have a construction hat on now. Are those some titties because I want to see them? <laughs> uh, excuse me. Are those some titties? Because I want to see them. He says some overly complimentary things. And I think she walks in and there's an air of annoyed mm. instantly. They haven't even said good morning. So do you think he like senses this and like... Oh, that is why. Turns the compliments on. I think on? he normally says something inappropriate to her, but a little less. Did you ever think that uh, my severe inability to compliment anyone would at some point make me the wokest person there is? No, you're suddenly the fucking best, man. I just saw into the future and I'm like, hey, if you notice anything about anyone... Keep Don't your head. tell and you tell your diary, and that is it. If you want to ask a girl, are those titties? <laughs> Don't ask. Also, yeah, two things that need to stop. Uh, <laughs> if you think somebody is pregnant, or if you think those might be titties, do not just ask them, and do not just touch them. Do not do that. Imagine you you're so sure that they're titties, and then you ask, and she's like, "No, I'm pregnant," and runs out of the room. And then you go, "But they're still." T- <laughs> she misunderstood my very. Well, last question. Um, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's and Kiki is having none of it, and calls him out. Of, and she's like, "I know about the dinner." And he goes, "Okay, like and what?" Because he thinks that like I did pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I held my own. It's great. No heart attacks. Didn't happened. have a heart attack. <laughs> and Kiki just straight up, she's like, y- "You accused her of wanting money." And then what we had said last week, she's like, not that you've ever seen that as a personality flaw before. Mm, Kiki getting it in. Kiki also was like, and you said that all Ryan wants from Lindsay is to put his Chena's penis on her. <laughs> don't say that to high school don't kids. Don't say that to high school Don't say that to anybody, but especially not high school kids. And when he says he doesn't acknowledge that Kiki's right, he goes, well, she showed up with that inland street thug. <laughs> I love how... Orange County has its own racial slurs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most people, the inlanders, I guess they fight the outlander. <laughs> Probably, yes. There can only be Are one. you an in here or an outie? Uh, but yeah, so he, this is all just to appease Kiki. And the other thing, too, is that what I think he's thinking, this is the thing that we discovered last week, is that, well, this would be another girl in my life to help me out. So if I could hang out with Kirsten, show at least, like, tell me stuff, like, Here's uh, here's how to iron shirts and stuff. If if what say if Cal can hang out with Kirsten? Yeah, like well, at least I'll get to be with Kirsten at this dinner. Okay, when, well, it's also not that that it's that she says if you don't show up tonight, you're gonna lose two daughters. And he's like, oh shit, you're the reliable one who doesn't leave me. Yeah, and now she's putting it on the line. And I'm gonna say like, I thought he was gonna say Julie's not my daughter. <laughs> no, Dad, not her. It is great that Kirsten is finally learning to stick up to Caleb. It's crazy. There's so he's honestly done so many worse things than be a little shitty to a person he barely knows at a dinner. There is some sticking up. It's more sticking up than before. But I think the baby step, the big baby step from this episode. I don't know if you can have a big baby. Oh, look like that big baby step! Is uh, she's now willing to just let anyone say anything about her dad? She's yeah, like, yeah. I and know. It said a I lot. I for sure know. Uh, and so he's like, I guess I'll go. And then Kirsten and Ryan reconvene. And Ryan's like, nope, Lindsay's out. It's just you, me, and Caleb, I guess. And Kirsten's like, no, never that. Fuck that Fuck shit. Fuck that. And she's he, protecting Ryan from that dinner, mm, but also herself. Herself. Which I realized maybe she and her dad have never just had a dinner alone. She always grabs somebody. At least not with the clothes on. The other thing that we learn at about this point, Mike, and we were watching this episode in the pot filter screening room, mm-hmm. holding hands. And this made us stop holding hands. Is because somebody at this point mentions, oh, it's Sandy, but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna talk about Kirsten anyway. Sandy tells Rebecca that Kirsten is a conservative. Uh huh. And it's probably true. Yeah. But it's like, it's like he he called her a racist or something. You know. Yeah, we were both just like, what 
Is she fucking? Do you think in 05 it was just like a normal thing you could be? Especially in Orange County? Have we talked about that? That we uh, that this is a we grew up surrounded by reds. The yeah they called Tommies. it behind the orange curtain. Like this was the weird conservative bastion in California. Wait, orange curtain? That's OC. That's the OC. Oh, I that's get it. what the show is about. It's the orange curtain. I'm just wondering if in 05 you could be a conservative and it didn't mean that you like uh, hated science and all minorities. It did. Oh, timeout. It did mean that, but it was. Cool, because 9-11 had happened a few years before that. So we're still all Americans. It, it, I, seriously, like, Bush wasn't crazy unpopular yet. Yeah, unpopular yet. It was a banana's time to live in. But now we just know. You can't just call your wife conservative and expect to stay married. Oh, yeah. It was just that Rebecca didn't flinch. I thought that was weird, you know? Especially who Rebecca is. She's the anti-that. So Kiki's like, fuck you, Ryan. I'll get this job done. And shows up at Lindsay's house and walks in on her doing the most embarrassing thing anybody has ever done on the show. Practice the oboe. Oboeing one out. Uh, and they just know it's Brahms. Mm. Brahms gets a lot of name checks in this app. Mm. Is he a famous oboer? <laughs> I don't Oboist? know. Oboist? Hopefully he taps his oboe before he plays it. Um, and Lindsay's like, well, yeah, I mean, I picked it up like 20 minutes ago. I already have Aww. like six contracts. I'm sponsored by Nike. No big deal. I do think it was supposed to be like good oboeing. It sounded awful. It sounded like Garfield strangling Nermal. Do- is the oboe the woodwind bagpipe? Like, does it not matter? I think so. Is the bagpipe a woodwind? Is there a reed? I don't know. We should call up our friends. One eight hundred bagpipe. One eight hundred bagpipe. This episode is brought to you by one eight hundred bagpipe, and we'd like to know that if you want to hear bagpipe nonstop, just call one eight hundred bagpipe. Remember, like dial a joke. There's a phone number where you could call and just hear one joke. I always thought you just had to swallow down a popsicle stick to get that. <laughs> I didn't know you could just call and not get fatter. Do you eat? Did you eat popsicle sticks like cartoons eat fish? Mm-hmm. You just put it in and pull <laughs> out fish bones and then play the xylophone. Learn a joke. Say that joke. Uh, Kirsten's like, just come. And Lindsay's like, I don't want to. And this is, not only is Kirsten letting everybody talk shit on Caleb, she says one of the most horrifying things. She says, look, nobody has been more thoroughly crushed by my dad than me. Mm -hmm. But once you get to know him, he's a good guy. Lindsay says, really? And she goes, I don't know. This was good I don't knowing. We've got some oboeing and some I don't knowing. (laughs) Because the way that Kirsten delivers this, or the actress, uh, Kristen Ritter, Uh um, it, like it was like genuine. It was like I, don't <laughs> I fucking know. don't know, like, dude. And cat like, but I do think like in that quick exchange, it is like this is just family, man. Like you don't get to say you're the worst and never talk to them, right? Even if you just found out they exist, you just have to shackle yourself to them. Even Doctor Doom has like nephews, and they're like, he's fine. He's cool to me. He gives me gifts or whatever. Don't talk to me. What happens in the lot area? <laughs> don't. Please, I can't, not again. Please never ask me about Lavaria. Uh, so they show up to the dinner. And Brahms is just talked about left and right. Because Kirsten's like, she plays the Brahms. <laughs> and Cal, even though he accused Lindsay the night before of only wanting things from him, was like, I've taken to the Philharmonic. Just take them, please. And goes, but not taking Ryan because he wouldn't like it, that dumb, dumb, dumberson. And then... At this point, Lindsay has stopped, or I'm sorry, Kirsten has stopped saying, Dad, shut the fuck up. But he's, but she's like, I'm so sorry, Ryan. I can't believe this is going on. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm fucking used to it. It's Cal. That exchange was great because she says, Ryan, I'm sorry. And he goes, I didn't, I didn't mean to insult anybody. I just didn't think Ryan would be interested. And Lindsay goes, because they don't have music in Chino? It was just a fucking bam, 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 just beating Caleb up. And what we're not going to talk about is the fact that Ryan has never heard Brahms before. That's not the fucking that's point. That's not like, neither that's here not nor the there. Oh, fuck Brahms. I'm not a Brahms guy. Because it de- like the logistics or like the truth of it doesn't matter. It's just that Caleb is being the worst and Caleb Cal- shit, that's, <laughs> that's sticking my you. head. Um, and then pulls a full on McNulty. Like yeah. Lindsay or Kirsten is like, Dad. And he's like, well, what did I do? But he also knows because when Ryan's like, no, let him insult me. Then he's like, don't you ever say the thing I'm doing. You never say out loud what I do to people. Well, Ryan, Ryan says, like, no, it's fine. Um, you know, like, let him do that. And, you know, uh, Lindsay says there's probably music in Chino. And Caleb's like, cool, 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 cool. 
So, Ryan, what is your favorite Brahms song? <laughs> Slaps him with a glove. <laughs> and, and Ryan's like, you know what? I should leave. And Kirsten's like, no, Ryan, stay. And this is <laughs> creepier. <laughs> creepier than slobbering over his daughter's outfit early in the episode. Caleb says, yes, Ryan. Stay as long as you like. Eating our food. Dating our children. That is the... What? That... Those three words. Dating our children. Really lets you know the weird pretzelian relationship he has with everybody. Because he is projecting. And that's all that he wants to <laughs> he do. He wants to date our children. Date his children. Um, but yeah, the way that he put it is... Uh, I don't. I don't want to say Shakespearean, but <laughs> oh no, yes, I it's think so, so fucked up, and it's as if to say, like, if you take it one step further, Ryan just on a street corner smoking a cigarette, heroin needles coming out of his arms, just like I want to date some children, but <laughs> I'm tired and eat their food. <laughs> but I'm tired of like going from house to house, I'm find one family and date all those children. Uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back. What does Ryan do when accused of dating children? We'll see. Ryan, <laughs> when we... <laughs> oh, <just started>. oh. <laughs> so you don't take a big bite of mashed potatoes before you start the segment. <sighs> but they're just so creamy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to date all these mashed potatoes. <laughs> Looking at our mashers. Still going. Okay, I'm ready. Hold on. All right. <coughs> I just have to delete the note that says, Yes, Ryan, stay. Date our children. Okay. Ryan. Yes. When we last left off, oh. Caleb and Ryan were in a face off because who was going to date whose child was on the table. And I just want to be clear here you mean it in like the old school sports term hockey <laughs> yes. thing about to fight, not that they were going to go have surgery. Nobody. So. <laughs> Nobody was trying to take somebody's face off or oh. eat a preach for hours. Wouldn't you love, though, like a shorter cow with a white beater on yes. running around Newport Harbor? I both. I Yes. Why doesn't every show have a face off episode? Imagine that scene in the beginning where Ryan comes in to tell Lindsay about the dinner and kisses her. And Lindsay turns around and it's just Cal's <laughs> face right there. Oh, Five no. foot two cow. <laughs> so. I don't even because Ryan's like I should leave, and they're like no no no, and then it just escalates so crazy quick. It does look like Cal and Ryan are both about to hit each other in the face simultaneously. Here's the thing, and I don't want old men to get beaten up. That's not, <laughs> that's not that true. Most of them should be. But here's my problem with people of Cal's generation, of his caliber, of his caliber. He uh, he gets to say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. If you say anything in return, it's what did you say to me? Right. And then he stands up, knowing that nothing will ever happen. You're not gonna hit an old man. I would, and then he picked up two you wine know, glasses, and he was like, you wouldn't hit a man with glasses. He's not like a little dude. He no. looks like fucking young Frankenstein's Frankenstein. He's a <laughs> fucking hulking dude. Please, young Frankenstein's Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Thank you. Um, but like, I don't, if I had to bet, I don't think that Ryan was, at this point, Ryan's gotta know what it would do if he hit Caleb. Yeah. This is just front. Everybody right? would cheer, and Ryan's not about that spotlight. And it's easy to street front like they are when they know that Lindsay and Kirsten are in the room. Right. So they will be pulled back, even if they have to like look over and be like, <clears throat> pull me back, please. But I do what, it feels like what takes the line is that Cal takes a step forward, and Ryan doesn't flinch the way everybody always had from Cal. Right. And then Cal heart attacks all over the kitchen. <laughs> For reals? I mean, he went to the hospital. He went to the hospital. Doctor said that he did. But would you put it past Cal to be like, no. Oh, my heart. Because right, he doesn't want to actually get in a fight. So right. Like, oh, no, my heart. But it's uh, doctors do agree that he had a heart attack. They brought in four out of five doctors to agree. And then he just Mr. Scrooges all over the place. I should change. I got a second chance. I deserve a second chance. Boy, get that goose as big as you. <laughs> just throws money at the goose. <laughs> just everybody. Just at the nurse saying, buy the goose. And so, yeah, we're now we're all sitting around, and everyone doesn't know exactly what to feel. Mm-hmm. Caleb knows what to feel. Ow, my heart. But Ow, everyone heart. else in the lobby is like, this is weird, right? And Ryan just keeps saying, this is my fault to anybody, any passersby, a kid with cancer, whoever. He's just like, this is my fault. And literally everybody's like, dude, it's not your fault. So which 
person, like, which Ryan are we dealing with here? Is it someone who truly believes that, which I guess makes sense, or is it someone who thinks he should say it? Yeah, like, says it so that people, Ryan's not like a baited, needy That's guy. Seth. That's Seth. Like, uh, I'm just going to say this to you so that you could say, even though we have never met, right. you, sir, are a passerby. Can you please just tell me real quick it's not my fault? No, I, I think Ryan truly believes this is his fault because he is Oliver Queen. He could end that city and he should never have stepped to fucking Lex Luthor. Was it weird that the last 30 minutes was just one scene, one take because one of the passersby was Robin Williams and just kept telling Ryan that it was not his it's fault? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm Birdman and he flew out that window. Or did he? So... Uh, they're all at the hospital. People are going in now. Seth shows up because he needs something to do right now. Hold on. Michael Keaton was in Birdman. Yes. Robin Williams was in Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Do you think that Robin Williams is a Birdman because his first name is Robin and that's a bird? Yes. Okay. And you have to take Birdman in one shot. You can't use two. The birds are fast. You got to right. do one shot or they'll get away from you. One shot. Do not miss. Your, your chance, chance to take down that Birdman. blow. Mom's spaghetti. Uh, Sandy shows up to the hospital, like lampshade almost on his head, mm-hmm. suit unbuckled, even more train wrecky than we last seen him. He's got uh, lipstick kisses all over his face, and we'll talk about why what's going on yeah. later. He this time the shirt is so unshevelled that it's uh, the shirt that is tucked in. The part of it is coming out <laughs> his open fly. And he goes dick. It's a little dick. <laughs> uh. And, and Sandy, Kirsten goes to say, like, my dad is, and he's like, Kirsten, shut up. It's a little dick. It's a little dick. It's a little dick. Your dad's a little dick. Uh, he says something worse than your dad's a little dick. Uh, he obviously knows what's going on, and Sandy has a lot of quips, uh, says a lot of inappropriate things, but there's time and a place, and he's always known that. And he goes, I'm so sorry. Not that I haven't wished it on the man. What? The? And she goes, have you been drinking? And it's the morning at this point, right? Mm-hmm. It's the day after. And is she asking that because of his smell or the fact that he was like, just so everybody knows, hope he doesn't die, I wish this a bunch of times. I feel like because he said that and there were like tequila smell lines coming off of his suit. It was. It's never a cartoon show. There's no Who Framed Roger Rabbit mix-em-ups here, but you can see cartoon stench lines coming off of Sandy. What? But And she just lets it slide. No, the, there's no record scratch. Well, I mean, at this point, Kirsten's on a roll of letting what, uh, whoever say whatever about her dad. Right. So I guess that's... You, you, when he just had a heart attack, you said that you had wished this a bunch of times. Okay, I guess everyone's saying whatever. Yeah, she took a step back and was like, well, I said today was a free pass day and then dove back in. She sends him away because he's like, if I stay, do you think I'll have another one? She's like, yeah, you should probably fucking get the shit out of here. And he was not like, oh, he was like, whoopee! <laughs> Dances his little way out. He, he grabbed a tequila stink line and wrote it home. Uh, and then, and Cal calls in, Kirsten, and he's like, close up. You're both looking so beautiful. <laughs> Puts an orange in his mouth, smiles at them, uh, and, and do, says his second chance bullshit. And Lindsay like cries, and she's like, "I didn't even know I liked you until I thought I lost you." Do you buy that? I think that yeah, he's only been a shithead. Yeah, I I mean like, I think that a lot of people would take advantage of this, but I do believe Lindsay when she says it. I, I mean, I, I could see. I believe that Cal was lying about having wanting a second chance. No, he wanted a second lying. chance, but he wants to say, "Pretend I've never done any of that stuff and act like when I do it again, it's the first time you've seen it." <laughs> I don't want consequences. Deal, deal, deal. I'm dying. Deal. And then while they are like crying and hugging and holding hands, Ryan comes back with the coffee and sees Lindsay and Caleb like getting back together. Mm-hmm. And he does not look thrilled with this. Mm-mm. I thought that was interesting because even though Ryan is like our, so much more than Sandy at this point, are like our true saint, our bastion yeah. of good. Especially in this episode. Yeah, yeah. like they are uh, passing each other in the night. Um, that look that he gives feels a little selfish, but accurate. It's true to me. We're like, all I wanted was for them to get back together. But now that I see it happening... Not this fucking happy. They are chortling the way these two morose characters have never chortled. <laughs> you, you you can't just like start off at a 10 chortle. You have to warm up your chortle yeah. before you get to that. You might get another heart attack. It's gonna. You can't. It's either a selfish moment for Ryan or that he sees the writing on the wall mm-hmm. and he knows what's going to happen. He knows that Lindsay... If Lindsay is back with... Not back with. For the first right. time with Caleb, um, he knows what that is probably going to mean for their relationship. And... 
when later she's driving him home, they're driving home. And Ryan once again says, this is my fault. And this is the first time after the dozen of people he said it to, she goes, it's it's no one's fault. Then I'm like, is there a hitch in her giddy up? Well, for that one, though, like, let's let's be clear. When he says that last one, that this is my fault, that's when they're driving past a big crack in the ground that causes earthquakes that Ryan had recently purchased. He, he punched said, and purchased. Yeah, he said, this is my fault. And Lindsay's like, oh, that's oh. a good investment. And she goes, it's no one's fault. You can't own the land, man. But no, he put up a sign that said Ryan's fault. So <laughs> it's his. It's Ryan's fault. I yell that a lot. Anytime anybody who knows both of us is mad at me, I scream it's Ryan's fault. I hate to, like, uh, I don't know, think that I have that much of a sway in your life, but is that the name of your autobiography? <laughs> it's Ryan's fault by Mike Gravani. It's always good to put somebody else's name in your title. In parentheses, why I am the way I am. <laughs> uh, Lindsay says it's no one's fault. I do think Caleb has changed. In the same breath, so it's like, Maybe it is your fault, but look, Caleb is better now, so something came of it. And they both decide that means they should break up. Mm. Well, Lindsay is a coward, and Ryan is a coward for just letting people say, like, well, if they think they know what's right for them. And I'm not saying Ryan should should have been like, no, we're still together. But the only way that Lindsay would be right in this is if Ryan did get a punch off and it was directly into Caleb's heart and we, we heard a pop. And if she had found out every time Ryan ever saw Caleb, he did that, uh. <laughs> <laughs> then it would be Ryan's fault, and they should break up. Brothers no handshake. But <laughs> he says it heart. every time he punches him in the heart. Brothers no handshake. It's insane to me. And I've been in high school. I've had most dads don't like me. <laughs> most of my dads yeah. don't like me. Uh, you started that from a young age. <laughs> But you don't say your dad doesn't like me and you want a better relationship, so we're done. Even You do that when you dealt her the heroin that made her OD. Uh-huh. You don't do that when you've been great the whole time. Both of them are insane. I think maybe that's the problem, is that why be great? Just deal on the heroin, because it's going to be the same. Yeah, YBG. YBG. I, Wait, it's W. Fuck. This, it's very hard, this job that we've tasked ourselves with to uh, analyze soaps. not just the OC, but the relationships in the OC, because uh-huh. they are fucking B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Um, but in this one particularly, this episode is very weird, because I feel like the rest of the stuff that we're going to talk about, probably definitely in this episode and <laughs> not in a the next part, um, is the opposite, where everyone else just does whatever the fuck their balls desire, right. and in this one, it's like whatever they think Steve Rogers would do, and it's wrong. Yeah, this is a bunch of wrong Steve Rogers. Yeah. Except for Cal, who's definitely Red Skull. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's that's this storyline. It is the end of it. Well, no, there's one more thing. What's the one more thing? There's one more thing. At the very end, uh, Ryan's like, hey, you know, we broke up for Kirsten. We broke up for so you could have a relationship with Caleb. But if you say that you want a relationship with Julie, and now we have a Julie Cooper mention. Uh, we don't She's know, in the show. We don't know where she is. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but now at least her there's a name drop. Her husband had a heart attack. Do you think anybody told her? No. There's, there's no, no way. way. Not not just because it's been 24 hours, but because they didn't even fucking think. Yeah. They're like, oh, our single dad had a heart attack. <laughs> He's never been connected to anybody. I don't know why he has that neighbor girl in his house now. And you know what, guys? You know. You know, and you're culpable. You know why he has the neighbor going to his house. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, more. Ryan, I cannot believe there's not more to talk about that last plot line or I how long back. it took. <laughs> do you want to do commentary on our commentary? Yeah, I would love that. A Deadpoolian style show. Uh, let's move on to Alex and Marissa. Because way back when, when we started saying, setting all the characters, uh, Marissa got jealous about Seth because Alex said she missed Seth a little. The next scene we see them, see them in is at the bait shop. And there's a pretty dope, weird gargoyle-drawn picture on Alex's wall. Yeah, um, at Alex's house, Alex is like, how is Seth? I kind of miss him. And yeah, Marissa gets weird about it, a little jealous. But also, I think most importantly, she says, I don't know. And I, I, I didn't think it dawned on me that, like, she's been apart from the foursome for, like, years at this point. This entire season? Yeah. It's weird. I don't know if that speaks to just, I just get so swept away in whatever story the OC tells me. Or if maybe Marissa was just, like, not ever 
part of the foursome, so her she, removal doesn't matter. <laughs> she's part of the foursome. It, it, I mean, her and Seth are the furthest apart. I think there's one scene last season we were like, that was awesome, but it was so we would never get it again, and we were right. And then we uh, we get this quick connection where uh, in the bait shop where Alex has this drawing of the demon water polo player where, like, that is a nice connection of, like, all the rest of the threesome are doing are talking about this comic book, and now we see a Seth drawing. It's still here. And that, so that's a good way to draw a line. <laughs> You've got to draw a straight line, said Picasso. Uh, it also is a weird backdoor way to be like, see, Seth has been drawing forever, not just two episodes ago for this storyline, because mm. Alex and him haven't been together for four episodes. But also a good way to not push it and have it be like this gorgeous drawing of Alex, which would send Marissa into a... Tizzy? T- a tizzy. A fizzy tizzy? It'd be a straight up tizzy. Uh, That's what we used to call rabies, right? Oh, yeah. he's got a fizzy tizzy. Oh, that little pup's got a fizzy tizzy. Uh, after that, Marissa's like, well, can I stay over again tonight? What are, and I, I love Alex. Am I going to say that every episode? Is it now listeners take a shot every time I say I love Alex? Uh-huh. But it's not. It's She's the fucking best because she's up front. She's, what are you doing with me? That's the thing is that I know that she had her Seth Gaga moment when Marissa was stripping in front uh-huh. of her. Um, but she is adult enough to say, and something that I needed somebody to ask mm-hmm. is, where the fuck are you at, bro? Like, I don't know what you're doing. You seem like... Every time we get close to like being in a relationship, you're like, what? I like boys. And then every time like we're not, you are so clearly flirting with yeah. me. You are acting like this is a Cinemax late night movie, and I'm not sure what to do right now. Have you ever not, gender regardless, have you ever had a relationship like that where somebody is yo-yoing you? Well, I mean, not you, to me. You're like tight? Oh, I, I try to yo-yo you, everyone I have know. Have you yo-yo mod some peeps? <laughs> yeah, I try to like just every single person I know just like flirt a little bit. Well, flirt a little bit is fine. I don't think that's yo-yoing, but I've definitely... In well, the and p- then every after I flirt, I, I will like scream, I'm not flirting. I'm and so that's flirting. where the well, yo... That's your flirting style. Yeah. Yo, ma. <laughs> uh, I definitely have had friends who, other friends meeting them were like, I thought that was your girlfriend. And I was like, they've only acted that because that other girl I said I had a crush on was on. Yeah. Why do people do that shit? Is it just attention whores? Is Marissa the worst right now? <sighs> it's an interesting question. Is she just... Has she decided, has she radared how she can keep Alex paying attention to her and that's what she's doing instead of like actually uh, falling in like? Or is it not, because I said gender regardless, is this not gender regardless? Is this 2004 and Marissa is wrestling with a pretty new, difficult part of her identity? I know, but... And I, so she's, this, if she was doing this to Ryan, she's a piece of shit, but right now she doesn't, this is a thing she didn't know was possible for her. But it still feels like it has this Marissa thing of forgetting the fact that there's another human being on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is just, you are who you are at your core. And Marissa doesn't really see people. So we're not saying, wait, did she see dead people? Because she was one of the dead people that was seen in The Sixth Sense. Um, uh, yeah, now I, I can't go. Cause, <laughs> you can't remember anything. Um, do you think that she's 16, 17? Do you think that this is part of her core, or is this part of everyone who has ever been a teenager? I mean, teenagers are the worst. Uh, except this new crew. This new by this new crew, I mean the current teenagers. They all seem great. Uh, teenagers are the worst. I also think we often forget because she hates Julie Cooper harder than anybody. She was still raised by Julie Cooper, and Julie Cooper also doesn't see people in people. Mm-hmm. So it's she's a teenager, and she's Juku's do. That so, is uh, those are the two worst things you can be. So she's gonna, she fights it often, but she's gonna forget people, people. Because when Alex says, what are you doing with me? She tries to be coy and she goes, bringing over Cherry Garcia. But like, what are you going to do with me tonight? So what are you going to do with me? She recognizes as like, uh oh, time to like make a break. And then she immediately pulls it back to friendship because friendship is Cherry Garcia. Every other time, which is not true. That is a sexual move. Every other time she's pulled back. It wasn't on purpose. I do think she. this was, I'm now directly responding to your direct question of what are we with a joke and then sprinting up the stairs and being like, I guess I'll sleep at home. No worries. Where there were no stairs, by the way. There were no stairs. She ran up like a spider lizard person. There are only worries. She ran up, a spider lizard person was just like, is is the spider lizard party tonight? No, I just ran up them. She ran like one. Do you really think that, do you think that Marissa has a thing where like, if she's going to do something like something, it has to be within her vision? I thought that you were just, 
bringing back to your SoCal roots and said she ran up like, I don't know, a spider lizard person. No. Um, the, going back to Cherry Garcia, are you saying Cherry Garcia is for lovers, much like the state of Virginia? Yes. Okay. That's entire <laughs> slogan of Virginia. And Cherry Garcia. It's cool when two <laughs> different things can have the same slogan. So when they say Netflix and chill, is that Netflix and chilled, salted, uh, cherry, sweet, cold cream? Ice cream? I don't know what that flavor is. I assume cherry. Did you know? Have you ever had, uh, did you know that like ice cream? And cold cream are two different oh. taste sensations. Yeah, I've also made that mistake, my friend. It seems like it'd be the same. Like, uh, it's too cold for ice cream, so I'm going to take a step down and have a bowl of cold cream. <laughs> I'll just have some cold cream. Uh, have you ever fucked with clotted cream? No. Wait, white clotted cream? I white heard there was a shortage. Cream. <laughs> you know how blood clots? Uh-huh. Apparently so does milk. <laughs> Don't drink either of them, you fucking British weirdos. Oh, let me take this stale bread called a scone and put clotted cream on it. Okay, hold on. I know that British people eat and drink differently than us because <laughs> it's all through their butt. But uh, you're saying that they will take clotted, like old chunky milk. Yeah. My rap name. <laughs> it's not yet cottage cheese, but it's not milk anymore. Is that a Britney Spears song? <laughs> yes. uh, and then they will take blood clots and they will mix them together and they will eat that with their and tea. And put it on a hard tack, call it a scone, and say, isn't this high tea? Chip, chip, taroo. I love the pause they have, because that's when they're jumping in the air and clicking their heels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chip, chip. Oh, uh, real nervous. Click, cheroo. Anyway, I see a spider lizard person over there. I'm going to go run up the wall. So after Marissa's spider person sprints away from Alex, uh, they have their own little adventures. Uh, Alex does track down Seth. Mostly just, she's giving him his doodle back. Well, when you say track down, he, she goes to his house. Like, yeah. this is not Detective Alex. That's... That's how most detectives work. Which is bullshit because she wants to keep that picture. She likes the picture. It's a dope picture. And you don't need a reason. Don't be like, I guess I have to go give him this thing that I want so that I have an excuse. Come on, Alex. Be more secure than that. I do think she truly, she made fun. She said, I miss Seth and then made fun of him. I think she does. I could see, like Ryan likes Seth and I get it. If you're not romantically involved, he's not trying to manipulate you. I could see his quirky... Charms when he's not at his absolute worst, and Alex didn't stay around long enough to see that. Be like, I miss that weirdo, and I miss somebody who's like, kind of is like, here's who I am because I can't hide it. Versus Marissa, but I do wonder how much of that is the fact that Alex knew that he liked her, and that was mm-hmm. you know the power dynamic, right? But it's high school, so you can't just say, hey, I missed you. Let's be palsies. So she's like, I guess you want this back, and then a pretty adult fucking conversation of, do you know what's awesome about us? when we were together is we were each other's it didn't matter it was just fun because we had to get ready for what's next i know they're both in good places where they can reflect and uh they're not worried about one of them doing like that awkward force kiss move mm-hmm. uh it, it is adult the one thing that makes it not adult is that uh seth hands alex because it's she's the guest and i'll get her some refreshments mm-hmm. Two liter or like a liter of mellow yellow. That's very not adult. (laughs) An adult is a mellow yellow cabernet. Yes, thank you. From the mellow yellow vineyards. Not a giant. A three liter? What is this? Fago? You juggalo concert? What is that bullshit called? Gathering of the juggalos? If Alex came with her ICP makeup on, that would that would make sense. And look, we love Alex now. She takes a dark turn in 06. She definitely has a year of following ICP around the country we've talked about multiple times how if you give a tv character uh, a muffin <laughs> they'll probably ask for a mouse uh any drink they're going to take one tiny sip or less she's just gonna waste an entire liter of mellow yellow yeah. america's finest soda what she should do is chuck the whole thing right then and then throw the empty bottle of Seth's face and say another i love the fact that there is an entire soda that looks like urine and it's named after what you're supposed to do when there's pee in the toilet during a drought. <laughs> it's the best prank the devil's ever pulled. Do you do you have have you had that person in your life of the you it's not important anymore and you both realize that and talk about isn't it dope we helped each other level up? Oh for sure. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it takes longer than any character in the OC usually lets it happen. And also not this at situation. sixteen. Right. Uh but yeah, I think it's I don't ever want to go on like high fidelity, uh, like missions mm-hmm. of 
like I'm gonna find my top five ex girlfriends and reflect hardcore. Dude, that's not healthy. No, that's weirder. But uh, yeah, I do like talking about the past with people who are like, once we both know, it's clearly over. Right. You shouldn't tell somebody. Isn't it great how much I learned how fucked up you were for me so I could get better? That's the bad word. You need to make sure you're both on the same we're better now page. And that's why I always have a uh, six-pack of liters of Mellow Yellow yeah. just in case that situation happens. Somebody might roll over. Somebody might be high fidelity their way through life. And you might be that person. If it's, it was, uh, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, <laughs> flush it down. Yeah. So do you drink Mellow Yellow while eating... Downtown Brown? Downtown Brown flush brownies? Yes. I think you do. Uh, so that's there's uh, Marissa meets up with Summer for the first time in a season. And Summer, next episode we'll talk about why Summer's talking about this, is talking about what a near kiss could be. And sometimes you should just push that away, and sometimes you should lean into that kiss. And she tells Marissa, you're young, you're dumb. <laughs> Are those titties? You got a great little nose. Why don't you just rub that nose up against somebody? One of those lines is straight up from the show, and it's the one about the nose. Uh, just lean into it. Just just do it. And this makes Marissa reconsider her spider lizard person sprint away. <laughs> and, like she gets in position. Yeah. Which is basically uh, breaking all of her limbs. And, <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, maybe I won't. Not today. And then she finds Alex at the bait shop. Well, hold on. Before that, um, Summer can't believe that Marissa's so interested in what she's saying. Because one, it's Marissa, and she doesn't care. And two, her stepdad just had a heart attack. And so she asks Marissa about it. And Marissa's like, oh, it's just, who gives Whatever, a shit? Whatever, it's Caleb. It's Caleb. This is just uh, an, a, an extra morning that I get without him coming in looking at my bra. <laughs> oh. uh, she, I think she poisoned him, and I think she was right. Poisoned him with heart attack juice? Poisoned him with heart attack juice. It's real, man. I've seen some spy movies. Five loco. And Marissa takes Summer's advice, goes to the bait shop. Alex uh, is doing a poor job at managing a shop because you should never let a teenager run an entire restaurant bar club. That, and you, if you are going to manage it, you should do some managing, not just listen to the music. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you should book piano ballad players. Like, that's the person at the bait shop. We've always had this, like... Very uh, indie early, band, yeah, early aughts indie band, and now we just have a girl on a piano. And I love a girl on a piano. That is for the hotel cafe, right? That is not for the bait shop. Uh-huh. Is this? Do you think she's been rocking all night? Sent her band away for a couple songs to piano because that's dope. That's my favorite part of the concert. Is like now I can sit down, I can stop sweating for a moment, and then the band comes back for the finale. Let's assume that's the case. And then Marissa does something that she is not prone to do, which is pull a classic OC move. Usually she does whatever the OC doesn't do. Uh-huh. But she does a classic move, and this is probably the fifth time in the show's history that this has happened. But go to the bait shop, find someone, hold their hand while music is playing. And it is adorable, and it's what Alex wants to happen. But she comes up from behind, Ryan, and grabs Alex's hand. With Cal's face. <laughs> she just fucking Mission Impossible puts Cal's... I would, and Alex seems like a puncher. Mm-hmm. No stranger's gonna just grab my hand, or like those wily elbows. Yeah, where the elbows go flying, and then and creepy shit happens at high school concerts. You elbow that person trying to grab your hand, and turn around, and go, "Oh, sorry, hun." Uh, I guess it's sweet. It felt it felt like a weird way to do it. And then Alex smiles the biggest we've seen this character smile, and that's the end of their storyline. That's it. And, and that, that's the first time that we find out that Alex is missing seven teeth, <laughs> and it's horrific. She really is not from Orange County. Uh it's where we have teeth. That's the end of this episode. Not of the OCD. Of the podcast. But of the OCD. Uh, thank you to the Holophonics. Next week, Ryan, what, a little teaser poo. What are we going to be talking about next week? Well, the amount of Sandy that we have talked about on this episode is uh, disgusting to me. Our feet are clean. He's uh, he's just a, the best guy who only makes the best decisions. I can't believe we're not talking and about And we should him. talk about what those decisions are this week. And then I want to talk about... If we can, next episode, that time that Summer wore that Wonder Woman costume in front of Seth. Okay. Because that felt like just such a one-time thing that will never happen It would never happen again. happen again. Why would Summer or Seth put themselves in that exact that same situation? That was at the peak of their relationship. It really kicked it off. So it wouldn't happen again. There's no way. Until then, what can you do to find out more about us? You can go to yourpopfilter.com where you can get all of our podcasts, all of our articles, all of our 
farticles, yourpopfilter.com, or go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon and make that your new Amazon bookmark to support us and Amazon way unequally. If you want to hit us up on the Sally Cell, it's at yourpopfilter on Twitter and on Instagram. Email us, contact at yourpopfilter.com. Or if you want your voice on this very show, give us a little ring-a-ding-ding at 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. If you're all like, I like the OCD, but it's not so much about movies, and the OCD is not based on a comic book, then please go to your podcatcher and download Superhero Hour Hour. Subscribe, rate, and review. That's the show that's all about TV shows based on comic books or movie of the year, where me and Mike and... Chuds. Chuds. I uh, try to figure out what is the best movie of any given year. Movie of the year. That's it. I cannot wait to finish this episode and finally meet Rebecca. Until then, you know what? Stay gay, dads. But not before you get me those goddamn Green Lantern JPEGs Lake California. California.